You're listening to the Master Photography Podcast. Turn your ideas into a reality with Squarespace. Squarespace makes it easier than ever to launch your passion projects, whether you're showcasing your work or selling products of any kind. I know Connor loves the beautiful templates and the ability to customize just about anything to make a stunning website for yourself. And if you get stuck at any point along the way, Squarespace is 24 by 7 Award-winning customer support is there to help. I want you to head over to squarespace.com slash improve for a free trial. When you're ready to launch and, and launch your brand new website, it looks so great. Use offer code improve to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Welcome to the Master Photography Roundtable, part of the Master Photography Podcast Network. You are joined by thousands of photographers listening to this show who are all on the same journey to master their photography. Jeff Harmon, host for this episode, and I am joined by a longtime friend of mine, Mark Morris. Welcome, Mark. Thanks so much. I'm so glad to have you on. I know you've been on uh, the podcast before when it was uh, back when it was known as Improve Photography, but really glad to have you on again today. I do want to mention up front for the listeners has nothing to do with the episode, but briefly just say that I did release a new photo talk episode this week where I talk for 45 minutes about the whys and hows and all the detail about <clears throat> about how to do you a, a top 10 photos of the year, how photographers should go through that process and why they should go through that process to pick their top 10 images out of the year. It's not going to get posted to the master photography feed. So if you want to hear that episode or any of the Photo Taco episodes, you need to go and subscribe to the Photo Taco podcast feed. It's totally different from this one. And uh, and I don't want you to miss out. Mark, have you ever done that top 10 selection? I have, and you're the one that got me doing it. I, <laughs> it. That's hard. It is so hard. If it's not hard, you're not getting benefit. So it should be really, really hard to uh, choose among all of your babies, which are the ugliest, <laughs> which is kind of what you have to do. Yeah, Exactly. Anyway, we're not going to go any more into that detail. Just Photo Taco Podcast. You want to go subscribe to that if you want to hear about the annual top 10 process that is super, super helpful. In this episode, we're going to talk about practical recommendations for tripod legs and ball heads not the usual thing mark this is it it just kills me every time i hear uh, a professional photographer talk about this i the advice that i get from them i just can't i can't take it because they usually talk about spending so much money on their tripods and gear that it's not even the realm of possibility that's a a fantasy land i can't even live in (laughs) (laughs) and and so i want today to talk about tripods in in a context for the rest of us (laughs) who can't afford to spend thousands of dollars on tripod and ball head and um and how we how we can do that so to start off with um i want you to talk mark about why it is you know something about this. What, what it is that you've done to make it so that you can speak to this um, you know, from an experience level, which is what I wanted because I don't have the level of experience you do with tripods. So tell us about that. So basically, years ago, I was writing for Improved Photography, the website. And, and just exactly like you, I would hear all of these photographers talking about all of their equipment that would cost, in some cases, more than my camera cost. Yeah. And and I was like, okay, well, I'm I'm I knew that I had a really bad tripod. And I was coming from uh I basically had a a, a full kit that I bought for about a hundred dollars in a camera shop. And and I realized after the fact that actually that tripod was so bad that it prevented me from really doing any types of photography that needed a tripod. <laughs> right, and, right. And and I didn't connect the dots until afterwards, but I realized that that I wanted to learn the difference between the tripods, the brands, and whatnot. And so with uh, the kind blessing of my wife, I converted my house into a tripod museum for <laughs> basically about four months. And I reached out to every tripod manufacturer that I could find and explained that I wanted to evaluate all the tripods I could. I ended up with roughly, I would say, 40 tripods and probably 30 ball heads. 
And at one point, they were spread between my living room, my dining room, and my kitchen. There just was not a room in the first floor of my house that didn't have at least five or ten tripods in it. Um, and I shot them all, and I shot them for for an entire summer. And and I I did recognize a couple of really important truths. Um, and I think just starting right out from from square one, um, that just a general observation is that the manufacturers all have a really good idea of what quality and features are presented at the different price points. And so it's very rare that you find an enormous inconsistency between brands. So if you look at a pair of $250 legs from brand X and a pair of $250 legs from brand Y, most of the time they line up pretty well and they're they're similar build quality and value. Okay. Um there, there are exceptions. There's a couple of brands that I would say are status brands, and they market themselves sure, sure. At, at a higher range. And my personal view is, above a certain point, I can't really see that much difference. Like, I have a hard time differentiating, even though I've looked at a lot of this stuff, um, you know, the difference between a $400 ball head and a $1,000 ball head. Um, another overarching truth is that you're going to place a huge amount of trust in the tripod and the ball head that you're putting your gear on. Right. And sometimes I look at my my setup now, and it, I didn't have as expensive of a, of a camera setup back when I did this project, but now I could easily have $10,000 worth of equipment on top of my tripod. And so it's just worth really considering if, if don't be penny wise and pound foolish. Sure, right. Um, you know, get something that's good enough that you're going to really trust it and that it's really sturdy. And saving $100 because you wanted to get a $100 tripod instead of a $200 tripod doesn't make any sense, in my opinion, if you've already spent quite a bit of money on, a, on an expensive camera. Sure. Yeah. And having them fail <laughs> to hold up your yeah. camera at that point, especially when it's like, you know, over a cliff edge or over the water <laughs> yeah. or something like that, that's going to be a problem. That's not good. Yeah. Not a very, very good point. Okay. So I want to, I want to start at the very beginning here though, which is what, you know, most discussions I hear about tripods never do this. So I wanted to do that. I feel like as a hobbyist photographer, it's my job on this show to represent the people who are at the beginning of this journey <laughs> instead of yep. well down the path. And they they don't get a lot of attention. Um, I think they get lost uh, through all of this. And, and all they hear about is, I got to spend three grand on a tripod and I can't do that. So I guess I give up. <laughs> so yep. I, I want to provide some, some actual advice to those folks who may be listening to the show and are at the very, very beginning. It wasn't that long ago for me. That's exactly where I was. It was only a few years ago. And I remember when I was picking my camera, my very first camera, um, I went to Amazon because that's where everyone goes to buy stuff is Amazon. <laughs> and I had no idea what I was doing. I had no clue what to look for. I didn't know any specs of the camera itself, let alone tripod or any of the other accessories that you might be working on. And all I knew was I, I, had, I had succumbed to probably just marketing at that point. And I had bought a Canon point and shoot camera before this. And, um, and it was fine. It, you know, did everything that I wanted it to do. It was probably a, a Costco thing or something like that, or maybe in the wall. Who knows? I can't even remember where I got that point and shoot camera. But because I had shot that Canon point and shoot, I decided I'll just stick with Canon. I kind of know what the Canon stuff, how it works. And so, uh, you know, I was looking and I decided to buy a Canon 60D it was my first DSLR that I was going to buy. And as I was looking on Amazon to do this, I could get the camera body all by itself, or for even what I believe was less money, I could get the camera, a lens, and all this other stuff, this this kit of, of equipment. And I thought, well, of course I should do that. Why would, why would I buy just the camera for, uh, even if it was the same price, and that when I can get this other kit that has all this other stuff, including a tripod, was in that kit... And um, and I think that's that's still the case today. There's all kinds of kits that are out there that sell you this stuff, and you know it's fine. The stuff that comes with it is not that great, not that durable. You may as well get it, I, I guess, because you, there's not a downside necessarily, other than like you were talking about, Mark, relying, thinking more. You're getting more than you are with these these kits yep. that come with it. 
Um, that tripod that came with the kit, I did buy that kit. That tripod that came with it, I don't think it survived my first shoot. <laughs> if I remember <laughs> yeah. right, it broke um, as I was taking the camera off it after using it for the first time and, and getting it put into the car to, to go back home. I believe it broke right then, if I remember right. So, yes, it was free. It came with the kit. But, boy, that thing was not worth uh, much at all. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, I didn't pay for it, really. It was, you know, it was somebody trying to get me to buy the camera through them. And so they offer these little add-ons as a kit that are just dirt cheap to them. And it's really just a ploy to try to get you to buy the camera through them so that they get the benefit of the sale. And anyway, that... That if, if that's where photographers are who are listening to this episode, you got a tripod that came with the camera as a kit, you probably don't you probably need to move on from that. <laughs> don't trust it a whole lot. Uh it, it's just not worth it. And really the same kind of goes for for I'm gonna call it the sub fifty dollar category. Mark, I don't know if by your experience if that's a, a a bar that's that's a reasonable bar, but do you think about sub fifty is the category of tripod where it's probably really just not even worth the fifty bucks? You know, honestly, I'd I'd bump it up even a little bit higher than okay. that. Okay. All right. Um I, I would say um you know, even the sub one hundred dollar category, um, you just have the the metal is so soft, and the and the 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 workmanship and the craftsmanship in them are so flimsy. Um, you'll you'll end up doing a long exposure shot, and then you wonder why everything's all blurry. It's because your camera moved a quarter of an inch while you were taking the photo. Um, so yeah, I I I'd say the bottom line where I start feeling like you're getting something that. It, it's going to do the job at a at a, a minimally acceptable level is probably around just over a hundred dollars. Okay, all right. So so that that's good from your voice of experience, having looked at all these tripods. I do want to offer a little bit of hope. If there's somebody that wants to try to do some long exposure or some slower shutter speed photography, and hundred over a hundred bucks is just not going to work. Uh, I do have one that I've liked. That's slightly less than that. It's about 80 bucks. I'll mention it here. I don't know that it's, you know, certainly if you're going to put $10,000 worth of equipment on it, this is not the tripod for you. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want this one. If, if you've got uh, really long lenses that are really super heavy, it's not going to hold up for that. That's not what it's for. But if you're, you're just starting out, you want to give it a go on slower shutter speed photography. Um, and I think it, the, the brand itself isn't as big a deal, but I'll, I'll mention a brand here. It's KNF Concept. It's a 62 inch tripod. It runs about 80 bucks and I have it. Uh, my wife uses that when we go out and shoot for her camera and it does fine. It, it holds up her, her little, um, it's the Canon 80 D at this point. It was the 60 D and we just sold that this last year and in 2018. So, uh, it does fine for that. It's not going to be something that would hold up if it was like regularly exposed to the ocean or sand dunes or some of the extreme conditions for sure. It, it wouldn't hold up for that, but it does okay. So if that's kind of the limit of what you want to do, if you're exploring this type of, type of photography, you don't know if you want to be all in on this. It's, it's a little bit of hope. I just wouldn't go under that. Like this $80 tripod is probably the bare minimum of something I could actually recommend. Yep. Okay. All right, so you don't have any other suggestions in that category then, Mark? Not no, not in the under under 80 or under 100. Um I think for for me, I I have a very very similar story to yours. Mine wasn't a, a bundled kit with the camera. Um but it was it was I bought bought it at the same time as my camera and okay. it was a can it was a Canon 50D, so All just right. one one generation before your right. 60D. Right. And 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 like I already mentioned, it, it just didn't work out. And I found that I wasn't using it because it didn't work. Yeah. Um and so so that inspired me to start this big research project. And and as I gathered all of these different ones up, I did find a couple that I felt give a pretty decent job. For the price point that they were at in the in the lower price point, one is the the Me Photo Road Trip, and that's a hundred and forty nine dollar tripod, and it does a pretty decent job. It's it's certainly not a huge, um, you know, you're, you're not going to get a five hundred dollar tripod for a hundred and forty nine dollars, right, right. but but I used it. I even put some big camera gear on there, 
and and it did pretty well. And the other one that I know was an improved photography favorite for for years and years and years is the Vanguard Alta Pro. Um, and I think that one has creeped up a little bit. I think it used to be a little bit less, and now it's I think it usually around one ninety nine. Um, but you might find it on on sale or whatnot and be able to pick it up for one seventy five or something. But um, that also does a a pretty decent job. Um, and and I think in that price point, if that's where you need to be, you you're getting a product that you'll you'll get plenty of years of use out of, and should do well by you. Okay, all right. So there's there's kind of the advice someone that's just getting started. You know, there's some less expensive options that are out there that that will probably be okay, but please don't go so inexpensive that it just won't work for you and will fall apart, that they will do that at the, those very, very low <laughs> price points. It's, it's so tempting when you go do a search on Amazon because, you know, Amazon will offer their Amazon Basics tripod for, some, I don't know, it's like $35, something like that. Well, it is not worth the 35 bucks <laughs> to get that I, tripod. I, I do have one of those that was sent to me when I was doing that. And honestly, I've never put anything other than my cell phone on. I, I, have, <laughs> right, a little, right. <laughs> I have a little cell phone adapter. And if I'm doing a video with my cell phone, it's actually perfect. Sure. Um, but I wouldn't trust it with a camera. Yeah. Yeah. They're just, it's, it's just not worth it. Let's just leave it at that. Just don't go there. <laughs> yep. You need to spend a little bit more money on this. You absolutely have to. I'm not saying you have to spend thousands. We're going to give you some other options too that are going to be way less than what I, I think a lot of people go through and, and talk about and recommend. But um, don't go so cheap on this that you have a problem with your camera. Or, or don't even give a fair shake to slow shutter or long exposure types of photography because the tripod is a big element of that. Yep. All right. Let's talk first serious tripod legs, which is kind of an interesting point right off the get-go. When you get into the price points that we're talking about where you're getting more serious about a tripod, you you start you see this this break happen where you no longer really get the legs and the head together for the most part. Some sometimes still do. Um, and when they do, the legs can be decent and the head's not so good <laughs> in, yep. in some of those situations. Um, so really, at, at when you're going to get serious about a, a tripod that's going to do a good job with your camera gear, you, you really need to think of the legs and head separate. Do you agree with that, Mark? Is that, is that how I, people should look at it? I agree 100%. And I also think sometimes there's a company that will do pretty well on the leg side of things um, that just... They don't have anything great to offer on the ball head side of things and vice versa. There's some companies that have really nice ball heads that are pretty affordable and they don't even make legs. Right, uh, right. You, you kind of at that point, you're in a component system and and companies tend to specialize in one or the other. All right. So before we get into some kind of recommendations, I wanted to leverage your experience and, and knowledge here because I don't really know all of this stuff. You've gone through many of these tripods and you've kind of learned now what are the features what are the options what what about a tripod matters for the legs let's let's focus on the legs first so tell me what what should photographers know and look for as they are kind of deciding what tripod legs they want to buy okay well there's a uh, i'll just give you kind of a bullet point list okay. uh, first one carbon fiber versus aluminum so carbon fiber is kind of the modern trend in in better tripods. Once you get into a certain price point, you're going to see the vast majority of tripods are carbon fiber. Um, the benefit to that is that carbon fiber is light and very, very sturdy. Um, and one of the things they're looking to do is to isolate vibration. So you don't want a tripod that's going to vibrate for a long period of time if somebody stomps next to it or or there's a train going by or whatever. And so uh, some apparently, and I'm not a a, a materials expert, but <laughs> right. um, but I think carbon fiber is supposed to basically dampen vibration much much more efficiently than aluminum. Um, the next one is the style of lever that they use for the leg. Uh, some use twist legs, so you actually have a little twist lock mechanism, while others use flip levers. Um, people tend to have one preference over another for themselves, and you know, read online and people are getting full-out wars and battles <laughs> right. over you know? yeah. And I think really what it comes down to is a good quality twist leg 
is always going to trump a poor quality twist leg and <laughs> sure. a good quality flip lever is is going to be just fine and a really flimsy flip lever and i think some of those sub $50 guys they use a little flip lever it's just a really cheap little screw and a little lever that when you push it down it puts a little tension on there and then as soon as the screw threads strip out or whatnot the the flip never works anymore yep right um but a good one is just fine and and you can find really nice ones that that are that are available um the next thing is whether the the uh, tripod has a center column or not and especially is the center column removable right um you when you're shooting on a tripod mo- most often uh, or quite often, you're going to want to be able to get really low to the ground. If you want to get down by some flowing water or or whatever it is, um, if you have a center column that is not removable, you're stuck to whatever length that column is, is the lowest you can get to the ground. Um, a lot of brands will sell a center column in there, but you just loosen up a nut and you pull it out. Um, and so I would definitely make sure that you can remove the center column and whatever you get. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing that just comes down to a little practical consideration is how many different leg sections you have. Um, and there's benefits to both. It's just a matter of understanding what you're getting into. If you get a three-leg section tripod, generally those legs are going to be fairly long, and but you only have two twist locks or two flips to, to get the leg out to full length, so it'll set up really fast. Um, if you do a four-section leg, you've got one full set of extra machinery things to deal with, and and I've seen a number of them where you get into like a five-section leg, and you're you're twisting locks for a half an hour. <laughs> <laughs> you have forever to actually get the thing um, lifted up to full height. Now the advantage to the five-leg variety is they get really short. Right. So if you're traveling a bunch and you want one that you can toss in your suitcase or or whatever, there there is a benefit there. Um, but it just depends on what your purpose is. I, uh, you know, if you're going to put one in the back of your car and it's always just going to be in your car, it really doesn't matter how, how small it is. Uh, personally, I'd go with a three-leg variety and you can set it up a bunch quicker. Um, okay. If you want. If you want to pack it away into a suitcase to travel, then a four or five leg that gets smaller might might be better for you. Sure. Okay, I want to drill in just for a second on carbon fiber versus aluminum. With your experience, having looked at so many, this is really kind of why I wanted to have you on the show, Mark, was there are plenty of photographers out there who have tried a few tripods and, you know, it's only them who's, you know, their own investment They've decided and usually been influenced by marketing of some kind or friends, referrals, whatever, that kind of a thing. Their exposure may be three, four, five tripods at the most, something like that. So yes, they may have found something that they really, really like. That's awesome. And they it's it, sure, they, they spent the money and got something that was high quality and it's really good. And so yes, they can recommend it. But what they don't have is the exposure to huge numbers of tripods like you have experience with. So drawing on that experience... Carbon fiber versus aluminum. I see this happen so often where a photographer will say, I want the least expensive carbon fiber tripod I can find. Because they've, they've been convinced that that is an absolute requirement that they need to have when they go to buy a tripod. Do you think that's an absolute requirement photographers should be looking at if they're going to get their first set of serious tripod legs? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> I hoped that would be your answer. And the reason is carbon fiber isn't all created equally. Um, so you have carbon fiber basically is layering on layers of carbon to create the leg. And so you can have six time carbon fiber, eight time carbon fiber, 10 time carbon fiber, and those higher layer numbers create the good stuff. And so you have that, that, that really secure, stable feeling that you'll get from an eight or a 10 time carbon fiber. When you go to a cheap one, you're losing all of that benefit. Uh-huh. Um, and, and the other thing that, that is, it's again, you mentioned marketing, they, the, the designs on the carbon fiber just look so cool. Um, carbon fiber itself is just plain black. All those designs, that's just tape. Um, and, and it's, it's like baked in or, or, or transferred on to, to look that way. But it's, it's basically all just, uh, lipstick and rouge the yeah, uh yeah. the it's not a 
it, it has nothing to do with the actual rigidity of the substance that you're working with. Sure. Okay. So in the super high-end stuff, and if you're a travel photographer where weight's a massive concern, you're carrying this with you as you travel, especially on maybe long hikes, big advantage with the weight differences with carbon fiber, right? But Yep. But other than that, other than that very specific reason uh, and and knowing that you're going to need to make sure you spend quite a bit of money on the carbon fiber tripod legs to make it really worth it, aluminum is going to be just great for other kinds of uses for tripods. Is that right? Yep. Okay. Yep. Yep. Uh, All right. No problem with aluminum tripods. Yes. They can be super sturdy. They can do a fabulous job. And carry a, a lower price. Yep, very true. Okay. So just something to consider, kind of breaking through the hype and maybe some of the marketing stuff that I think the, of course, the tripod vendors want you to want that high-end <laughs> carbon fiber right. gear. That's, it's, it's, they have a job to do. They got to sell tripods. So they are going to do everything they can to convince you that's what you need. And maybe you don't. So... That's just something to consider. All right. So let's go to some recommendations now on tripod legs. I'll share what mine is first. Um, Unfortunately, they can't even buy these anymore. (laughs) So I I bought a tripod four plus years ago. Um, It was the Enduro AKB1 tripod. It was, I think, just at the recommendation of improved photography at the time as a very solid option for not a, a massive investment. It was $160. Back then in 2013, you can't buy it today, so don't go looking. They don't make it today anymore. It's it's done. They've moved on from that design. Um, I I liked it. The head was not great. The head was pretty pretty atrocious, and I'll talk about that more when we get to the heads portion of this. And so I did replace the head, but the legs I'm still using, and they're doing great. Uh, they're not fancy. They're not uh, carbon fiber. They're aluminum. But boy, it gets the job done for me, no problem. They're doing exactly what I need. They're high enough. I'm six foot two, so I need something that goes up higher for me as I'm doing landscapes. Um, it does have a center column, um, which can be removed. And so it, it works. It was what I wanted back then. I wish they made it today. Although I, there's probably something similar. As I went to look and see if it was available on Amazon... Amazon suggested the Benro Adventure 1 series tripod with the B1 ball head, which also runs at about 160 bucks. So it's probably pretty comparable. Do you know, Mark, how Benro and Enduro, are they like related somehow? Uh, I'm glad you asked that. Yeah. <laughs> yes, they are. Um, so there's a, a, actually four of the tripod companies are all, all owned by the same holding company for lack of a better way to describe it. So once upon a time, MiPhoto was actually just a specific tripod in the Benro lineup. Okay. And it was really successful, became very popular. And so they decided that they were going to split that out and make it a, a low price point brand. And then the next tier up is Benro. And then the next tier above that is Enduro. And the tier above that is NovaFlex. But they're all owned by the same overarching company. So there's very little overlap in those. Um, and it's basically a, a continuum uh, right up through the, the line up there. And, and so, yeah, I would say at the point in time, um, and I, I don't know the, the entire history of everything. Right, right. Four years ago, it was a little different. Yeah, it may have, well, at one point been different companies that just got bought up by sure, this larger sure. company. Okay. But... But as they're positioning them now, Benro is going to be the place that you would look for a, a more kind of an everyday guy kind of a price point. Uh, it's going to be more sturdy than your photo stuff. Um, but when you get into the Enduro stuff, you're starting to get to some really hefty, sturdy, rugged type stuff. Okay. Um, and the price reflects that. All right. So there'll be links to show notes to these specific models that we're talking about here if you if you're interested in that now so i'll put a link to that ben Rowe adventure one series tripod if you you want to give that a go and give it a try uh i don't have any idea i don't have experience with this so i can't say if it's similar to my enduro i have today or how the ball head works or any of that but it might be a reasonable place to to start things out 
if you're looking for your first kind of serious <laughs> tripod that you want to make a little bit more investment in at about 160 bucks, and probably it's going to be a, a pretty solid option for you. You may have to replace the head. Um, I don't know how that works. We'll, we'll, you'd have to try that out. But Mark, what would be your pick for this kind of category? Something where let's let's say it's about a $200 price range. First serious, maybe they've they've gone through a couple of these crummy ones already. Yep, and uh, and they're ready to finally get serious about getting some tripod legs that are going to last, going to be solid to hold up their camera. Where would you go? Actually, it's very interesting that you mentioned the uh, the adventure series because that's one of the things that Ben Rowe had sent out when I was doing my big review. So I've seen that, and it's pretty pretty decent. It's it's okay, um, but I absolutely love one notch higher in the Benro line. They have a, a tripod. It's the TAD27C, and full list price on it is $230. Um, but online and, you know, everybody finds stuff on sale. So I figured we could fudge it a little bit. And that, <laughs> right. could, that could be a $200 tripod if you if you hit the right day of the week and find it on sale. Sure. Um, okay. I have recommended that tripod to at least a dozen different people over the course of the last three or four years. Um, at one point, they, Benro was actually sending me one perpetually so that as I sold it to people that were seeing it, they would just send me another and, and permanently replenish it. I was, I was kind of almost... A, a reseller. Almost, yeah, almost. <laughs> and because I was just so many times, I would, um, I would, I would do a... I actually took my tripod collection on the road and did a big road show up and down the east coast and and that was the one that i pointed everybody to that that i was saying this is kind of where you want to enter the tripod world okay um it's great it's a really sturdy solid tripod um i haven't had a single person that bought one or that i recommended it to ever come back and say you know I, you steered me wrong uh-huh. um so i think that's that says a lot too and uh and a lot of people that are real life friends, not just internet friends, have them, <laughs> and and that also says a lot. Yes, um, yes. So yeah, I I really endorse that one very heartily. I I love it. I think it's a good place to to start. Okay, and remember, we're talking about just legs here. We're not talking yeah. about the head yet. This is just the legs. Now that the Ben Row that I talked about, the adventure one, is going to come with a head. But like we said, that head might not. I don't know because I don't have personal experience with it. But that head might not quite live up to the expectations you'd have. You, you may have to consider that really what you're buying with that is the legs, not the head that comes with it. Is not something you're going to keep for a long time. Okay, so I like that. I like that discussion. About two hundred bucks. Okay, two thirty, but. It's it's a good investment. It's it's something that that probably will last. And we're not talking thousands here, which is a, yeah. a big point. That's where I really I get lost as soon as someone says if it's over a thousand dollars, I'm done. I I can't do this. <laughs> I I can only buy lenses and a camera. That's that much. Other than that, it's got to be under that. It just can't. Yeah. It has to be. I, I think that's very fair. And uh, maybe at the very end, we'll we'll share where I actually ended up at the end of my big search. Um, and even with a whole bunch of super high end stuff available to me, um, that's where I ended up too. Okay, I, I think that thousand dollar line is just this this mental barrier that yeah, that I can't get past that. Uh, it's it's even like I wouldn't go five hundred on <laughs> on this stuff, but you know, everyone's going to have their limits of of how high they're they're willing to go. All right, yep. I want to talk about ball heads, but first we need to thank the sponsor for this episode, which is. Squarespace. With Squarespace, you can turn your dream into a reality. Uh, whether you're looking to start a new business, showcase your work, publish content, sell products, and more, Squarespace, it is the right tool for you. One of the things that is different about Squarespace and the reason our very own Connor Hibbs uses it for both his portfolio and the Portrait Session podcast, he hosts the podcast out of Squarespace. It's the beautiful templates created by world-class designers and the ability to customize just about everything with a few clicks. Now, Squarespace's powerful e-commerce functionality also lets you sell your photography services and images online. And the analytics, they help you to kind of see what's attracting attention and what is not. Help you to decide what you're going to publish or or what kinds of uh, imagery that you're creating is getting attention so that you can maybe focus there more. If you're having a trouble figuring out your genre... The analytics from Squarespace can really help you out with that. You may be thinking that you're a photographer and all this technical stuff that has to be involved with creating your own website is not for you. But Squarespace really takes the techie stuff out of it 
and the and it helps you to, to get done what you need to do. Plus, if you ever get stuck, you have Squarespace's award-winning 24 by 7 customer support to really help you with any of your questions. Squarespace empowers millions of people from designers to lawyers to artists to gamers, restaurants and gyms. They can certainly handle your needs as a photographer and turn your great ideas into reality. Don't display your work or advertise your services only on social media. You need a website that you control and that you can link to from those social media posts so that they can a potential client can find your social media post, go over to your website, and then really be sold and be convinced that you are the photographer for them or that they can buy your images. I want you to head over to squarespace.com slash improve for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code improve to save 10% off your first website or domain. That's squarespace.com slash improve and offer code improve. All right, Mark, let's talk about ball heads. Let's do it. The best value. (laughs) All right. So first off the first ball head (laughs) for me, um, I so I, I bought this enduro tripod and I was hoping that it would be like everything I needed when I got this tripod. I spent $160 on this thing and I expected it to do a really good job. And the legs, like I said, are awesome. I'm very happy. I don't at this point think I need anything else right now for the legs. We'll see over time. I mean, it's lasted four years so far. So it hasn't shown any sign of being a problem. It is a flip lock and, uh, and they're working great. No, no problems there. I'm not out of the ocean every day, though, or in the sand dunes, or I'm not really torturing this tripod. So that may not be the same experience <laughs> a more ambitious landscape photographer may run into and, and where this that, that might not be good enough. But the ball head did disappoint me. I had two issues with it. Um, and these, I think, are pretty common problems that people face that makes them realize the ball head that maybe they came with the tripod isn't good enough. So just to kind of lead you down that path, if you've never had experience, you can maybe learn from mine and and understand what that means. And, and it's totally fine if you want to go through this, be like, well, I'll, I'll give the ball head a try, but just kind of notice then as you're using it, if these two issues arise. The first one uh, is drift. <laughs> and so what would happen is I would get my camera lined up just perfectly. I'd even use like the balance visual display on my camera that could do it or the the bubbles that were were in the tripod to get it just perfect and then i'd crank that knob to lock it down and when i took my hand away the camera would move every single time the camera just drifts a little tiny bit and sure this this is something you can deal with in post right a very straight horizon line that's simple to resolve in lightroom after the fact it, if your if your exposure short enough, if you're sure. doing long exposure, it's not. It's not okay. Sure. <laughs> yeah. So so that was a problem, and I, I even started getting to the point where I was trying to figure out how I could compensate for the drift. Like I I'll set it just <laughs> slightly askew, and then I'll tighten it down and release, and hope that it drifts just into the perfect position, right? And and I was dealing with this for, for a little while, trying to make it work, and, and it just didn't... It wouldn't. The other not, problem... Yeah. Not an ideal situation. No, no, no. It, <laughs> no, it wasn't. It, and it that's really the thing... Well, actually, is the next thing that, I'll, that really convinced me I got to go with a different ball head. The ball head that came with it was a proprietary release plate. It was fine. It, it would release quickly. It would hold the camera securely. But... I wanted to get an L bracket and we're not going to go into this episode about the benefits of an L bracket, but I wanted to get that enable more types of landscape photography for me and L brackets pretty much universally are Arca Swiss kinds of um, connections to your tripod. And uh, this was an Arca Swiss. The ball head that came with this Enduro tripod was its own proprietary kind of quick release plate and I needed Arca Swiss. So I was convinced between those two things, okay, I need to break down and spend some more money here. It hurts every time I have to do that as a (laughs) hobbyist photographer, (laughs) but it it finally became real to me that I needed to do that. So um, let's talk about the first serious ball head then. Mark, let's do the same thing we did with the legs. What kinds of features and options are there in ball heads that photographers need to know about and understand as they're shopping? 
Well, <laughs> it's interesting that you mentioned Arca Swiss because I had put together a little bulleted list of things and that was number one. Yeah. Um, I am not a fan of any of the pro- proprietary systems because they're locking you into, I mean, they're on their side, they want you to be in their system so that you have to buy their stuff. Um, Arca Swiss at this point is basically ubiquitous. You find it everywhere. Um, the little capture clip that's made by Peak Design, that's actually an Arca plate. Um, if you buy breakthrough filters, sometimes they'll throw one of their Arca plates in the, uh, in, in the box when they ship them out. I mean, you get, um, company giveaways and all, all kinds of stuff. There's just Arca Swisses everywhere. So, so I would say absolutely 100% that is the way to go. Um, the second thing is the size of the, the knobs on the, the ball head, ball head itself. So, when it's cold out, you're probably going to want to operate this through gloves. Uh-huh. And and operating a ball head in the cold weather, uh, if it has very tiny little controls, is is frustrating. Um, and I would also say, probably, when you get to the better companies, they're using larger knobs so that you can put more torque on them to tighten uh, it right, down. Right, right. And so when you get that um, that extra torque to tighten down, if you see a tiny little knob on on a relatively inexpensive ball head, they're probably saying, well, we don't want you to torque it down too hard because <laughs> right. this thing's going to fall apart if you tighten it too yeah, much. You're going to break the yeah. knob off if you tighten it. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, so I think that the... Um, that when you see a nice big beefy knob, um, as a general rule, it's easy to grab. And and well, enough said. I'm repeating myself. Um, panning is actually you would think that a panning plate would be on all ball heads, but it's not. Um, so down at the bottom of most ball heads, there's another knob, and this one usually is fairly small, and and you can loosen it, and it allows the ball head to basically spin around in a circle. And it's very, very handy for shooting panoramas or just you get the legs leveled up and you have them exactly where you want. And then you want to move a little bit to the right or the left. Right, right. You, you just want to turn that. So I would say panning is, is basically a, a definite. Um, there's another feature that you'll find on some that, that, um, and, and others don't have it. And that's a drag tension control. Um, and basically that's usually a knob or sometimes it's a, a little kind of an inset uh, screw mechanism inside the main tension knob that controls how loose the ball is going to be when you loosen it all the way up. Uh-huh. And and when you loosen it all the way up, if you may not want it to be completely loose to the point where it flops around violently. <laughs> right. And so you can tighten it down, and and so when you loosen it all the way up, it's not going to flop your camera off to the side really hard, um, which... Some people like live and die by it, and other people just couldn't even care less. Um, but it's and I I like it. I like to be able to have the a little bit of tension there so that I have some resistance. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then actually, as you start to creep up to the higher end, another thing that you want to make sure they actually have included is the quick release plate. Um, it's not the Arca Swiss plate. It's the plate that that goes into. And some of the more expensive brands don't actually include that plate. So you're looking at this $500 ball head, and then for another $175, you can add the the uh, the QR plate to right. it. Um, and so you want to make sure that that's included, unless you're in- intentionally going to a very high-end modular system and you're looking to spend more money. Yeah, or at least understand you may have to spend another 50 bucks to get one of those quick-release plates when you're... After you bought the legs or the ball head. Yeah, exactly. Okay. All right. So there's a few of the features there. I have never used one that has that uh, kind of drag tension control, but I can see it because I I know when I've loosened it, sometimes I've had even my 70 to 200 lens on there. It's fairly heavy when you have those, Mm -hmm. those two things together. If I loosen it, man, it can just flop, <laughs> flop right down to the point where I'm like worried that's going to fly off the tripod and break, and uh, or maybe knock the tripod over with yep. the momentum that happened from it. So yeah, I can see where that's a, a nice thing to have. Not sure I'm willing to pay for it, but, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. it's probably a nice thing to have. Yeah, and and the people that that love it would not want to do without it, and and other folks, especially people that have never had it, it a lot of times they don't sure. really miss it. But yeah, it it 
it's definitely there. It's not all that. I mean, I, I learned it the first time. It kind of flopped forward like, oh, no, I got to make sure I hold on to this camera as I loosen that <laughs> ball head so that it doesn't fly around. So I, I generally always do anyway. I'm always yeah. nervous. Like yeah. I always kind of have my hand right there by my camera body. Okay, let's move to some recommendations now. So I'm, I'll tell you what I bought first. Uh, I don't know how good the advice is because it was only one data point, and that's why we have Mark on. So there's more than one data point. So what I opted for at the time, this was in 2017, I bought the, I think it's pronounced Siru. It's Su-Ray. Su-Ray. Oh, I'm glad yeah. you're here to help me with that. <laughs> Su-Ray. Okay. Yeah. It's S-I-R-U-I. Which I wouldn't, I would never have expected was <laughs> Sue Ray. Okay. Seriously, Sue Ray. Okay, uh, and the K K forty X ball head. So they they have a number of others. They have like a thirty X and twenty X. They have support for less weight. And I am putting on a uh, heavy camera and lens on this tripod. So I opted for the forty X version of it. It ran about a hundred and seventy bucks, and it still is that today. Uh, it's because it's only it's only been a year and a half or so. Um, over on Amazon, I went with Suray <laughs> because at the time I couldn't find another ball head that I thought would solve my two problems at a better price. So price was absolutely a massive factor to me. I could not spend $500 on this ball head. It needed to be as inexpensive as I could get it, but I had to solve my two problems. It had to have Arca Swiss and I had to try to find one that would give me some good assurance that I wouldn't have this drift problem. I could mm -hmm. actually lock it down fast enough. And so, you know, I asked other people around, I asked some people at Improved Photography at the time, uh, went off, you know, as much of the reviews as I could. And that that really didn't help. The reviews didn't help me with this area. But I decided to invest in the in the Suray and it, it was great. I don't have drift with it. Uh, they've got the Arca Swiss. There's some downsides like the the bobble head or sorry, the bubble level. You can't actually see <laughs> when you have the, the quick head. release. Yeah. When you have the the plate on there, you can't actually see the the bubble in there. So there is a downside of that. But overall, I'm super happy with it, especially for the price. It was it was the right fit for me and I liked it. So I think it's still a pretty good option today. But Mark, I'd like to know what you think about it. I actually, I had the, the 30X and the 40X when I had my big collection, and I thought they were really nice. Um, I, I think the um, the price point, there actually, I came out um, favoring, again, a Benro ball head. Okay. Um, and again, based almost completely on price. I think quality-wise, it's kind of right there in the same, uh, you know, the same lane as the Suray 30 or 40, um, and it's the Benro B2. Okay. And and I think that's like 130 bucks. And and it's a it's a really nice decent ball head for there again somebody who's looking to get into it without spending an arm and a leg. Right. Um however, I'm going to kind of go out on a slightly different tangent here. Um there's a brand new tripod company coming into the marketplace and uh, I've been working with them for about the last year. And that's the Colorado Tripod Company. And I've shot three different prototype versions of what they just went through on a Kickstarter. And they're coming to market in March with a $99 ball head that breaks that rule of the quality versus price point where, where things usually line up from brand to brand. This thing's a beast. And wow. I, I love it. And... Um, I'm shooting now the third prototype, which I think is pretty much a a production. I think it's what the production run is going to be. Um, they they went through incredible details in coming up with this. They at one point sent out like 21 different tension knobs. It, they didn't actually, they weren't metal. They were like plastic uh uh, 3D printed versions of the knobs. Oh, okay, right. And, and and asked tons of photographers what feels best in your hand. Interesting. Um, yeah, it was really cool, and, and it's actually kind of the first time I've been on that side of a manufacturer's um, efforts, and it was it was really cool to see how receptive they were to feedback. And uh, it does have a drag control, and it has um, it's a um, aluminum ball, but it's hollow, so the weight is still very very reasonable. It's not huh. very heavy, and and yeah, ninety nine bucks. I think this thing is going to be. Uh, a really, really popular ball head. 
Um, it was uh, actually 79 on the Kickstarter, but uh-huh. the Kickstarter is, is gone now. But but when they do start shipping, um, and I have, <laughs> I'm kind of embarrassed to say how many ball heads I have in my possession. I have at least four ball heads that are all in the four to $500 range. Um, and I've shot that $99 prototype ball head for the last month. And I've never felt the urge to go grab one of my $500 ball heads and put back on on the tripod. So um, if it wasn't working really, really well, I would have switched back over to something different. It's 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 great. Wow. I am very interested in this ball yeah. head. <laughs> yeah. And they actually I have their legs now, too. They're they're slightly behind in development with of manufacturing of the legs than they were with the ball head. I think the. The ball head, they might have had a many, many months head start. Um, and But I now have a, a set of their legs in hand. And I think the legs are going to be coming out at, if I'm, if I'm, my information is correct, I think $299. Okay. So they're not going to be a dirt cheap set of legs, not like the $99 ball head, but it's still a very reasonable, it's not a, not a crazy expensive price point. And they're super good too. Really, uh, it's carbon fiber and really sturdy. Um, I guess I kind of went down a rabbit hole away from the ball head category, but um, worth a mention, the Colorado Tripod Company, I would, I'd keep my eyes open for that. Yeah, something to watch. Yeah. All right, so maybe the Benro B2, and, and maybe that B1 it, that's on the, um, the Benro uh, that, that I was saying, the, the Adventure Series, might be a decent option. Maybe that'll work out. For yep. 160 bucks, you might end up with legs and head that are very serviceable as you're just checking this out. So that's good. Uh, <clears throat> if you need an upgrade, C-Ray. Is that right? Did I say that right? Sue-Ray. Sue-Ray. Just, like, just like your best friends that live down the street, Sue and Ray. Sue and Ray. Okay. Sue-Ray <laughs> might be a, a decent option, but this Cal- uh, Colorado tripod company stuff sounds really cool when it's available. Do you know how soon they are targeting it? I the last I heard it was March, so I think okay. we're only a couple couple weeks away. All right, so some of you, if you're not listening to this until March, maybe they're there. You should go check yeah. it out. That'll be awesome. Okay, I want to cl- before we end, we need to go onto the dreamland a little bit here, <laughs> <laughs> because this is you know kind of going back to what all the other mainstream you know professional photographers talk about. I want you, Mark, to tell me if you had your choice, because you had so many of these tripods that were in, um, of the very best tripod, like no budget restrictions. I'm hoping the budget will be smaller than thousands and thousands, (laughs) but no budget restrictions. What would be the tripod that you would choose now that you've been exposed to so many of them? All right. So first of all, at the high end, there's a lot of really good stuff. And it uh, in a large part comes down to personal preference. Okay. Um, and and there is, I think, a certain degree of status that hits sure. in when you're... I, I think when you mention status brands in tripods, you're, you're really talking really right stuff. Gitzo is very good. Um, I... I um, well, I'm going to just throw them out there right away and let everybody know. I, I ended up going with FLM tripods. I'll talk a little bit more in detail about the specific ones in a minute. Um, there's also Wimberly and Kirk on the ball head side. Um, tons of great stuff. Um, I also, at least at my level, and I'm sure with with everything in the world, everybody has different levels of, sure. of tolerance and understanding. Um, I have a really hard time differentiating between, like I said, a four or $500 ball head and a $1,000 one. Um, but I ended up, uh, for travel, I I use a CP26 FLM travel tripod, and this thing is so incredibly well made. Um, the, and I have a YouTube video out of the very first time that I ever got one. It's and it's entirely embarrassing. <laughs> it's like I just get it, and I'm like, oh my god, this is amazing, and <laughs> and and I'm like absolutely completely dorking out over this this travel tripod and FLM still has it up on their uh, on their website at flmcanada.com um and I think it's right around $499 okay um I actually kind of an, another rabbit hole and kind of traveling a little backwards another thing to watch is that with all of the tariffs that are going on with Uh-oh, metal right right sometimes the carbon fiber now depending on what country it's originating in 
can actually be cheaper than aluminum um, based purely on tariffs. Right. Um, and so this is carbon fiber, and it's coming into North America through Canada. Um, and then they also have a, a kit, which is kind of unusual on the higher end. Um, everybody usually kind of goes a la carte. But they have a an, a CP30 L3 Pro. And that kit is uh, the CP30. When you talk about their legs, the the number refers to the the number of millimeters for the size of the largest leg. So that is a thirty millimeter leg section for the largest leg. Okay. Um, and on the travel one, it's twenty six millimeters. It's a skinnier leg. Um, and then it comes with a ball head included, and it's under a thousand dollars. Um, I think it it's right close. Uh, it's like nine sixty or something like that. Okay. Um, but it includes a ball head, and on the FLM ball heads, they have a little a, a feature that nobody else has because it's a patented technology, and it's it's pretty cool. So they have a tilt button. Actually, there's a couple of them. I'll, I'll if you don't mind me geeking. Yeah, yeah, up no, two, go for it. For, <laughs> so one is a tilt. Uh, button or a knob so as you spin this knob normally if you spin it all the way to the left and it's loose the ball will rotate in its seat 360 degrees but if you tighten it up it closes down all of the axes except for one so it will only move straight up and down vertically so vertical panoramas are awesome with that ball head and then the other feature that they have is a 15 degree feature on the on the panning knob side of it that when you tighten that button down it actually clicks into oh, place oh yes yeah. <laughs> so when you're doing a panorama left to right every 15 degrees it just clicks right in you take your shot you click it to the next and so on you know lather rinse repeat and that is awesome oh um, wow yeah so and they're not um they're not cheap gear but to me, there's like very specific things that they do that other brands simply do not do at all. Um, and, and so I, I have been a big fan. And then Ari, who is the, the fellow who is the who basically I think he's almost kind of a one man shop uh, of FLM Canada. He's an awesome guy and he will help um, people get a hold of of product. Um, he I do a lot of gear shows and um Actually, I'll brag a little bit. Just just yesterday, I made the big announcement that I became the director of education for a pretty good-sized regional camera store over here on the East Coast, Cardinal Camera. Nice. And yeah, it's oh, I'm excited. It's it's a I I totally geek out at teaching photography, and I'm a teacher uh, during my day job. I'm a I'm a band director, so um, it's just in my blood, and I love to do it. So, um, so. Anyway, he. Whenever I'm presenting these and and I'm at a show and people see what I'm using, um, I've had at least a half a dozen different people that have wanted to buy FLM tripods, and I can just put them directly in touch with him, and and he'll set you up even if it's not in stock in the stores and whatnot. Huh. Um, they're a really they're a very small company, and uh, when they do a production run, they actually only make two hundred of each item. Um, they're not making thousands at a time. It's a very, it's a handcrafted, very high quality uh, um, product. So, so I fell in love and 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 compared. I had the really right stuff and the Gitzo equipment with me, and and FLM came in a few hundred dollars less, and to my mind, hands down, every bit is good. And with those features I mentioned, I actually found it to be even a notch better. Right. Okay. All right, so yeah, something I probably never have, but <laughs> I don't ever say never. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, maybe someday. <laughs> I don't know, but that yeah, the thousand dollars is just uh, that's a it's over that bar, like we said. It's yeah, it's a tough bar to come over <clears throat> and, and, for me. And, and I'm not gonna lie when when I, I when I initially set out to to start um, my search, my line was five hundred, and I think in the improved photography article, it's still up over there. Um, I, I, I'm pretty sure I wrote in there all about that my line was $500 for a ball head and a, and a set of legs. Um, and, and 
at this point, I'm basically at double that after having, a, you know, so. Well, and, and I, I can understand where after you've actually had hands on and you've shot with it and you can see the difference in quality and, and what it can mean to your photography. I can, I'm sure you can be convinced of it. And that's why a lot of these mainstream professional landscape photographers go there because yep. this is a very important thing to them. This is critical for them to get the pictures that they need. And they've tried several. Some I, I've heard a few of them talk about how you know they bought this five hundred dollar tripod or that eight hundred dollar one or whatever, and then found an issue or two with them. And and over time, they've spent two or three or four thousand dollars worth on tripods. And mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it's a really important thing to them. And I totally get it. That's a, a a tool that is critical to their photography and what they're doing. That's just not where I am. And- <laughs> so. And another, it's not even just landscape. I would say that um, studio photographers, they need to have a great tripod too. Um, I mean, it's just all over the place. I mean, it it really is a really worthwhile investment to to kind of get the best that you can justify. Yep. Yeah, a $1,000 tripod will never clear the Harmon Finance Committee. (laughs) It's just not going to happen. You're tough. Yeah. You're yeah we'll work on the full frame thing first then we'll go back to the track yeah that's also not probably gonna happen (laughs) all right let's close up the show i'm I'm so glad you came on mark Uh, let's let's start let's go with our doodads i'll start off here and i'm gonna say one here that i can't actually recommend everyone do right now so be be cautious about this if if you rely on lightroom for your business do not upgrade yet today Adobe, as I record this, we're in February 12th as we record this, but today uh, in early February, let's say that 2019, Adobe has released Lightroom Classic CC 8.2. And there is a new feature in that release that they call Enhanced Details. Uh, It uses their Sensei machine learning technology, which is kind of a really important thing that Adobe has as I see a material advantage over a lot of other software vendors and um, I've been doing some beta testing of Lightroom with this feature. And so I'm going to talk about that more in an upcoming episode. But I'm really excited at kind of the direction of what this feature is. Um, and just caution, don't upgrade yet. <laughs> if this is critical to your business, if you rely on Lightroom to make your uh, bills every month, don't go upgrade as, as a new release just to get this new feature. Stay where you're at so that you can do it. And then I'll, I'll give you the all clear when it's time. All right, Mark, what do you have? So this might not be the cheapest doodad ever. And it's a little statusy, And I feel bad because I just talked about something that might be considered a status tripod. But um, a few months ago, I got a review copy of a leather camera harness. And it's made by an L.A. photographer. His name's Sean Anders. And his company is called Anders and Lee. And he has a pro slinger harness. And I shoot a lot of really kind of swanky events. I'm a photographer in residence that um, the the events are always in the French consulate, which was actually the building that was originally built by um, the founder of Citibank up in New York City. And it's this amazing Fifth Avenue, just the you know black tie, the whole bit. And I I felt very awkward at having my spider holster or some (laughs) other thing and it's like it just didn't quite fit that black tie look right so i got this gorgeous black leather dual harness uh of camera strap and this thing is so comfortable and the leather is so nice um and you just feel like you're 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 on another level as you're using it and there's a couple of different iterations. He has, um, I think the version I have is the the, the fancier, the elite version. Um, but I think they start out at around $299. Um, and then they go up from there depending on some of the, you know, the ways you tweak it out and whatnot. But they have gorgeous leathers and it's just good stuff. Nice. All right. I love it. It's something I've never heard of before. So that's great. I love exposing our listeners to all kinds of new things that they can they can go and check out. So we'll have a link in the show notes. It's andersandlee.com shop online, but we'll have the link in the show notes. Speaking of show notes, you should go over to masterphotographypodcast.com to check them all out. We have way more than just like all these links are there. It's really simple. Just go to masterphotographypodcast.com to see them. I've had listeners ask like, well, when I look in my podcast player, there's only this tiny little bit of show notes that are there. And that's true. It's because podcast players don't show those things universally. 
and uh, I want you to have the best experience. So the best way to do it, most of them will include a link to the show notes right there in the podcast player. So you don't even have to, to go try to find them. You just click on that link and it'll bring it up in a browser where I know you're going to have a good experience with the show notes. So that's why it's it's that way. And I really want you to go check them out. Also, you can check out our Facebook group, Master Photography Podcast. You can search for it on Facebook. You do have to answer a question naming a host of the show so that we know you're a listener. We don't want spammers and bots in there causing all kinds of problems. So um, you have to answer that question. So Jeff will work and Mark from today will work too. Uh, So answer that question. Join that group. It's a a fun community to be in. You can find my work at jsharmanphotos.com, my other podcast, phototacopodcast.com, where I also have show notes for every show and they're searchable. Uh, On Facebook, I'm Harmon Jeff, Twitter, Harmon underscore Jeff, and Instagram, Harmon Jeff, but don't have to remember any of that because it's all in the show notes. So go go check those out. Mark, where can people find you? Uh, My website is markcmorris.net or .com. They all work. So just all of the things. Um, I would actually like to give a shout out to, I have a blogging website. Uh, it's called Photographers Cooperative and then just .com. And w- we have a whole group of writers, very, very similar and actually a lot of overlap to uh, the old days of improved photography. Um, as a matter of fact, I think seven of us have all written for improved photography at different times. Right, right. Um, and, and that's just an awesome group there. Um, um, and uh, writing on the website. And then Mark C. Morris Photography, basically everywhere. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Very cool. All right. Thank you so much again, Mark, for joining the show, helping me to tackle this topic. I wanted to make sure we talked about tripods for normal people. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for having me. It's a blast. Anytime. All right. Very good. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We're so glad to have you there. And I hope you'll you'll subscribe to the show and, and keep following all of the episodes where we will keep trying to help you to continue on your path to mastering your photography. And we'll see you again in another seven days. 